Retail Revolution, a unique podcast that features in-depth conversations with guest experts in omni-channel retailing with myriad perspectives, technology, consumer engagement, data analytics, merchandising, and more. We pay special attention to current socio-political issues and challenges and their implications on fashion retail, as well as opportunities to innovate and rethink retail's future. Visit RetailRevolutionPodcast.com for more information, including full transcripts, and follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Retail Revolution Podcast. Retail Revolution is produced by Joshua Williams and hosted by Christopher Lacey. Both are assistant professors in the Fashion Management Graduate Program at Parsons School of Design. Our guest today for more than 20 years has held a broad range of leadership responsibilities at Macy's, including men's apparel, women's apparel and accessories, and children's clothing. In 2020, he was appointed to the role of Chief Stores Officer for the Macy's organization. Prior to this appointment, Mark Mastronardi was Executive Vice President of Business Development, leading multiple functions in the creation and expansion of new business concepts, leased partnerships, diverse owner-led businesses, and the restaurant organization within Macy's across the nation. Today, this retail revolutionary speaks with us about the future of large format stores, collaboration amongst colleagues, and the intersectionality of community and heritage. This is Retail Revolution Podcast, and I'm your host, Christopher Lacey. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Christopher. Thank you for making the time. I know you're a busy man. Chief Stores Officer of Macy's. That's a big role. It's awesome. It is one I cherish and really am enjoying these days. Awesome. Would you provide some highlights of your career for our listeners by your expertise? Tell us a bit about your current position. Sure. I think you gave a, a great intro. I appreciate that. You know, the vast majority of the first half of my career was in merchandising. So I joined the Filene's organization in Boston, actually as a junior in college in their intern and training program in their buying offices. I started my career in men's activewear and I had the, the good fortune of moving into a handful of different roles in the merchant side early on, as well as an opportunity that I work with our, our president and an analyst job. That was a really great platform that gave me purview to the broader organization. But I wound up spending a bunch of years early on in women's apparel, in dresses and suits, in the kids' apparel business. I had a chance to then come to New York when Macy's acquired the May Company and join, again, a whole bunch of different parts of the the organization over the next handful of years, some in the planning organization, in ready-to-wear and intimate apparel. I spent time in the men's and handbags and accessories world, leading some of those functions. And that was before we had combined stores and Macy's.com, where we were not yet an integrated retailer and we had separate functions and had the great privilege of moving over into the dot-com business in the, the very early days of our dot-com side and lead our center core in shoes and beauty and handbags and jewelry. And then ultimately, as we brought all of our stores at our dot-com into one omni-universe, had the chance to, to lead many of those same categories. And then into a business innovation, business development world for some time and, and really had the chance to explore technology and new business models and the venture capital space and a whole different set of technology disruptors to the overall retail landscape. And it was a great learning experience. 
And then, as you mentioned, I moved into the stores organization over the last couple of years and since February in my current role as the chief of the stores organization. So I get today the privilege of leading over 500 plus of our Macy's stores around the country. I also have the responsibility for our global customer service network between the U.S. and and many of our different places overseas. And mostly I spend my time working and leading the amazing set of colleagues that make up the stores team and trying to focus on how we bring together our fashion with an experience in our store and and do it with all of the rigor that we've brought to the fashion business as a Macy's retailer for many years. You said some great words there, disruption and rigor. I think anytime I've ever described my retail career, I always would say, you know, people don't understand the rigor that goes into (laughs) what we do every day. And that's fashion side, that's retail side. There is something to that. But when you bring up disruption, the first thing I want to ask you about is how do you see the department, the multi-vendor store evolving in the next year to two years? This has been something that's been talked about the last year or so, and now COVID-19 has accelerated this. Quite honestly, it's probably been a conversation that's going on for many years. And disruptor is a really good term for the moment, but also just the change that the industry has gone through over many years. And I think where we're heading and certainly where we're focused in the short term is on how do you bring this seamlessness to the shopping journey? In a store model in the multi-vendor department store approach that you described before, what we do today and, and bringing fashion from all different places together and doing it in a physical brick and mortar format, being able to do that in a digital format. And the customer expectation has just moved dramatically in how well connected those things need to be. And that's a challenge. That is the work that all of us as retailers are doing to keep up with where the customer is heading and and the complexity that comes with that. But if you've seen any of the commentary that Macy's has shared earlier in February around our Polaris strategy, you hear us talk about the Omni experience. And it really is foundational to where we believe we're heading over the next couple of years. I I think that really connecting all of those dots is a a major differentiator. Not only is it where the customer wants you to go, but, but because of how hard it is to do it, those that can do it really well can separate from the balance of the group. And I think that's where, where we're focused in a really meaningful way. That's extremely interesting. And you've witnessed when people say the death of brick and mortar, and then, you know, at times you might have to announce we've got to pull back and close stores. That's all okay. And I think a lot of people have to kind of understand that those are things you do have to do for the health and wellness of the organization as a whole. And that's why I want to ask you, Macy's is a heritage brand, but you're very much at the forefront of this evolution of how it's going to change. And you mentioned a Polaris strategy, and I want to give you the opportunity to talk about how Macy's plans to be the forefront of this evolution of brick and mortar I think you said a couple of things that are energizing and exciting about where I see our business. The need for constant innovation is the part that gets you excited about doing things differently. And that has been foundational to how we've operated as a retailer for 160 plus years. You've always got to be moving to where the customer's moving. And you see that show up in really different ways. And so I was talking before about the idea of Omni and connecting the dots and reducing some of the friction in the journey 
you know, you could look at, at very um, specific things that have come out of that over the last handful of years between buy online and picking up in store and the same day delivery. And then even as we went through the COVID impact in the first half of this year, the development of contactless curbside pickup, all of those things are kind of on the forefront of how do you continue to react and create an omni experience that works for our customer. All of that said, there's also a major pillar of our strategy around fashion. And so we are a retailer that sells fashion goods and our focus on ensuring that we have the best fashion that we've been able to manage our way through all of the complexities that I was describing before of ensuring that while we're curating and we're bringing together the best brands and, and the newest brands and also recognize that we've got core brands that our customer has come to love and expect from us and be able to balance how we put that out in a combined physical and digital environment that allows the customer to navigate in and out, take advantage of all of those fulfillment options that I described before in order to show up as a brand across the country in any footprint, in any place that we go, that you understand what we're about. And really kind of at the core of all of that is ensuring that we have the best product. And our teams are deeply, deeply focused on ensuring that we bring to the marketplace the best fashion. I want us to go a little bit deeper into that because as a merchant right now, the landscape is extremely challenging. And I even think as a customer, product is everywhere. So you can always get product. And then as a merchant, and you know this, your role is how do I make this edit compelling and, and how does this translate into the store? And from your experience from being a merchant now to really being in the store side, what is it that you would probably say to a merchant team that goes, if you think this way or try this, that will kind of ensure this in-store experience is a bit different. Is there anything that you can think of that you would say or, or want to do in that way? Yeah, I think there's a few different things come to mind. One, I'll, I'll call it broadly speaking, localization. And as a merchant, you are faced with all the choices. And I think you described them as the, the edits. What do you want to have from a brand, from a category, from color, print, pattern, size, all of the things that you can lean into in a local way to make sure that what you're putting into every market in which you trade understands the market in which you're in and speaks to the customer in that market. And it's really those nuances that make you really relevant and connect to your local customer. And so I think what I would share to a merchant organization is, you know, being in the stores, understanding what our colleagues on the front line interacting with our customers, what they know, the intel and the insights that they get from our customer, and then how you can take that and be able to make great decisions that allow you to strategically curate the fashion that tells the story that as a merchant, you're so excited to tell. And obviously the store teams can then help bring that to life, but it's really getting at that insight. And I think the stores have a really good ability to collect that information, share that information and, and really inform merchants. I, I for sure know that that was an important part of being a merchant was understanding what our frontline colleagues, what intel they had that they could share. And I think that that is just as important today as ever before. Awesome. So really, in summary, it's about how do you take what you do every day and really look at it top line, and then we break it down into smaller segments that's meaningful for every single store. And how do we do that so that we can build better communities and create 
more customer engagement. Yeah, I think all of that is right on. And then I think the the fun part of retail today is the complexity of putting all those things together that you just described, right? Getting the, the right content into the right place at the right time for the right customer. That is really where you start to see the, the convergence of these pillars of our strategy of, of how you bring fashion together in an Omni experience in a way that creates a, a really rich customer experience. I'm going to loop Bloomingdale's into this also because for many of the listeners who might not know who aren't part of the Macy's organization, Macy's and Bloomingdale's being in the same group, if you think of just the number of people that both brands service, I mean, that is huge. The, the customer demographic is extremely large. This is a challenge. And with this challenge is also a movement of less is more. Because you have a group of people in that demographic with economic uncertainty. So right now, when you think about the business, when you think about the merchant team and the store teams, how can there be this ability to attract the new customer and also maintain the current one? Yeah, I think we get the unique privilege of having a brand, whether that is Macy's or Bloomingdale's, as you mentioned, that, that serves a very broad audience. And in each of our different categories, within each of our different brands, there are definitely differences in who we serve. But the headline of what you shared at the beginning is that it's a large audience. And so in the context of trying to serve as big an audience, how do you make sure that you can acquire a new customer and continue to retain and serve the one that, that shops with you today. And I think maybe the encouraging part of that is that there is a lot of commonality across a lot of the customer base. And so while the level of fashion might be different and while the sizing might be different in a market or maybe the price point is different between brands or retailers, there's a lot of common behavior between shoppers, and it really comes down to wanting a retailer that is for somebody like them and has an idea of what they're looking for. So as we think about differentiating the way that I described at a local level and understanding the difference between a Macy's or a Bloomingdale's, we're also really, really focused on what are the common grounds that we can create for customers regardless of any of those other differences. And can we make a shopping experience that is highly connected? Can we tie the dots together between our brick and mortar businesses and in our digital businesses to give you something that is much more seamless? Can we deliver a story that is personalized? We understand you and, and we know what you look for when you engage with our brand and we can deliver against that. And then can we provide you the customer service at the end of the day that is unique to you but is aligned to the things that you need from us. And what you find is if all of those things that I just described, those are really common, whether it's a customer that is a core customer of ours or that is a customer that we're looking to acquire, a lot of those needs are very consistent. And so that's really where our energy and our efforts and, and the strategy that we are focused on, you know, we get a, a product base that is also really broad. And so as we were talking about it before, being a destination for fashion and having a brand like Macy's or like Bloomingdale's that can play in a lot of different areas as a department store really gives us the, the opportunity and the flexibility to bring in many different brands, many different product categories, curate fashion 
market by market in a way that tells a really compelling story. And again, when we bring that to life in our stores and our colleagues understand it and our colleagues can support that same level of storytelling to go with what the merchant product vision was, then we can deliver against whether you're part of a, of a very big demographic that we serve, whether that is in a less is more world and, and how do you get at new and maintain. I think if we do the, the foundational things as well as continue to work towards, I think we have the opportunity to serve a, a lot of customers well. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of great points there when it comes to being able to kind of connect all these dots. The other part of it is the less is more. And then really being able to allow merchants to tell the story the way they need to tell it with the merchandise and then be able to have it stocked in all of those locations so that the store teams feel supported. And one of the biggest challenges I remember hearing visiting stores, and I'm sure you hear it too, is we really wish we would have gotten this item or we didn't get this. We really wish we would have gotten more of this product. And so I don't know if you hear that a lot when you're going to story. For sure. Yeah, our, our store teams have lots of insight of what they wanted more or less of and need differently. It really comes to what their customers ask them about. So they have a lot of intel on that front. Right. So with that, what are the ways that you're starting to create at Macy's to create this better synergy for stronger sales results and, and customer engagement between your colleagues that are in corporate and the colleagues that are in store. There's the, the idea of store visits. Now COVID-19 limits that quite a bit. So where are you at with that to make sure that that synergy is on point? Because there's not a lot of room for error anymore, right? Yeah, I'd share a few different thoughts on that topic. So one is COVID, we've innovated on that front. And the way that we do virtual store visits is really compelling and, and allows us to get into the store in a way that the colleagues and the leaders of the store and the leaders in the regions can share that information with us. But there's also technology investments that we're working, continue to invest in on a, a level of personalization that helps us understand consumer behavior through a lot of the ways they've interacted with us. And, and a bunch of that might be through their digital experience on our Macy's.com or Bloomingdale's.com. And then when they go into a store and make a purchase or they make a return or a transaction that happens in our store. And the more that we are able to connect those dots, even from a, a technology perspective and, and the back end, it gives us a lot of insight and intel into what customers want. But there is still no replacing some of the real boots on the ground insight from our leaders. And we're very fortunate that we have terrific store leadership teams. We have great colleagues that lead different functions inside the store. And we have region leaders for many of our different businesses that are field leaders, boots on the ground that also help funnel that information back into the right decision makers on the merchant team, or even back into our digital teams to understand the impact that our customers uh, telling us about in their dot-com experience. So there's a bunch of different things that guide us and support us. And it's a spot that we continue to invest and make sure that there is a really good pathway of communication between what our customers share with us through our colleagues and our website and what our merchant teams learn so that they can take action against that information. Great. So really, it's about collaboration amongst colleagues, creating these moments that allow you to be nimble because you're listening to each other. And that's what's probably needed more than anything right now in our industry. 
I think that's uh, very well said, Christopher. So I want to talk about another aspect of Macy's that is you all are doing quite a few initiatives and, and I want to make sure that our listeners and, and everyone understands. I just read about what you all are doing with Make-A-Wish and allowed a six-year-old to design her own dress. And it was down in Texas, in Austin. And that's amazing. You're selling the dress. It's exclusively online and then in a few stores. Yep. And some of the proceeds are going to Make-A-Wish. Am I correct? You are correct. Yeah. I have to say, I love the fact that this was something that you all decided to do because we talk about personalization and customization. I think this is really the future of it, right? I, I think people wanting to kind of design their own thing and make that happen. But on the other side of that, the importance of community and authenticity, those are words that we've heard a lot lately. And I want to ask you when it comes to community and authenticity, inclusion, because it's been the spotlight for the fashion industry for so long, how does this conversation impact the internal customer and the external customer for Macy's? I mean, you guys are doing these things in the community. You're also doing 15% pledge, which I'd love for you to talk about as well. So I'd love to get your thoughts on Macy's and their point of view with this. Yeah, so lots of great things inside of your question. So I, first of all, I, I appreciate the comment on the Make-A-Wish story for the Belief campaign for this holiday. I think if you haven't seen it, anyone that hasn't seen it, I, I encourage you to check out YouTube and, and find the, the video because it's really at the heart of bringing together the community and our ability to be inclusive and supportive in ways beyond just what we do from, from our business every day. And I think that Believe campaign and that Believe story is a really good one. You said it well, we have the little girl and her family and we're able to design a dress for all of them and, and have it on our website, have it in a bunch of our stores. And it's really it's a really powerful moment of just recognizing what an impact you can have as a brand. Beyond that, I would share that especially our stores, they're the heart of, of many of the communities in which we operate today. And we've been there for a very long time. We are deeply rooted in all of these communities, and we've got a, a rich history of supporting one another. Obviously, our colleagues make up those communities. But when you get the time to be in the stores and you listen to the colleagues and our customers talk about what that community means to them, it is a really important reminder for just how diverse our workforce, our communities, and our colleagues are, and how important the focus on inclusion really is. And so in addition to what happens on a local effort, that's also incredibly important to our central teams. And the amount of energy as an organization that all of us have and continue to put into our diversity and inclusion efforts it isn't for it being a point in time. And it is really because it's who our customers and our colleagues are. Fundamentally, who we are as a company is built around the people that make up our company and the people that we serve in our communities. And that is a very broad and very diverse customer base and workforce base. And so we put a tremendous amount of energy on making sure that we do that. And so what I think you'll hear and see, much like you saw in the commercial or the story with Make-A-Wish and, and the efforts that we've made publicly over the course of the last handful of months of just 
how essential diversity and inclusion efforts are to our culture, to our core value, recognizing that it's what inspires and, and reflects and embraces everyone that, that makes up our brand. You'll continue to hear that, be a, a vocal position for us. And then I'd also just share personally, as a leader in our Oars organization, and having had the chance to see and know what our colleagues and our customers do for one another in, in our stores, creating an environment that is deeply diverse and inclusive is a focal initiative of mine. And it's certainly something I'm very proud of that we've been able to do over many years and expect that we have a, a welcoming and inviting environment that we'd love everybody to be a part of. The thing about Macy's is I think most people can remember that they went to Macy's for something, whether it is graduation, a gift for someone's maybe quinceanera, your first apartment that you didn't have to buy Ikea furniture, nothing against Ikea. You know, there are these moments in time. And so when we see kind of the landscape of large retailers struggling, one of the things we don't see with Macy's is that because you've really engrossed yourself in community. And would you say that's part of the success of what your store line teams plus the merchant teams are able to convey out to the consumer? Absolutely. You know, I think it, it comes back to from a product perspective, that's what we do. We are a fashion retailer, and whether that is fashion of apparel, or that is fashion of your home, or that is the fashion of beauty, fashion of jewelry. We are fundamentally about the, the fashion business. But then to bring that to life and create emotional connection with a customer around those products, where lots of products can be found in lots of different places, I think it comes back to the experience that you have with our brand and that emotional connection to create a brand for someone like me. And that is often and meaningfully the role that our stores and the colleagues that make up our stores provide with our customers. So I, I think it's one of the reasons you describe who we are the way that you do. And, um, and it's one of the reasons that has helped us to be successful in navigating this changing landscape as, as much as we have. Well, that brings me to really wanting to ask you, there are people who probably haven't engaged with Macy's at all and may have a perception of Macy's a perception of what it's like to have to shop through a multi-vendor store. There's a lot of product. Can I find it? You know, being overwhelmed. What do you want someone who has never shopped at a Macy's or has a, a, a preconceived notion of it? What do you want them to know about the brand and what the in-store experience is really about? Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity to create a, a commercial for our brand. So let me start by saying on wrap up to the idea of diversity and inclusion, you had asked about the 15% pledge a, a moment ago. And I think just broadly speaking, you're going to see and continue to, to see information on the, the fashion front of how we engage with diverse communities. And we've got a, a program, the Workshop of Macy's, that is, is one that I have been associated with and the team that leads that for many years and giving opportunity to diverse and female-led businesses. We are continuing to push those initiatives to continue to bring in diverse business partners and designers and product that, that again, is, is built to connect to our community. So I say that as the answer to your second question of, you know, if you've never shopped with us, what can you expect? So first is you could expect that we're constantly trying to push for the fashion element for our customers and, and whether that is the trend that's important for the moment, the brands that are most relevant, the opportunity to introduce new 
products, new players, and new designers into the mix. Our merchant teams are, are deeply focused on that. And I expect that when you get there, you'll find that there's a, an awesome opportunity for discovery in our stores. The second thing that I, I, I hope that you'll see is we're a brand that is rich in creating experiences. And probably you know us for the iconic things that we do, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the 4th of July fireworks. But we bring that same level of energy into creating experiences in our store. And, and whether that is an experience of how the visual merchandising is done to inspire your shopping trip, or whether that is special events that we're running around any part of our business and the beauty world, the jewelry world, whether that is events that connect back to our communities and partnerships with local charities. And there's almost always something going on in our stores. And I think the, the combination of being able to bring the best fashion product together with a really engaging customer experience when you get there is going to, to be enjoyable. And when you get there every time you do, I expect that you're going to constantly see us changing and innovating and, and looking for ways to create that level of emotional connection, whether that is back to omni experiences, because we're connecting the dots between your entire shopping trip more seamlessly. We're making service easier. We're investing in health and safety to ensure in the moment that you're in our stores today, that the environment makes you feel good from that perspective. And I think that when you get there, you're also going to find access to a whole bunch of really great content that maybe you didn't know that we had if you haven't been with us before, but I think it will leave you excited and certainly wanting to come back for more. Thank you so much, Mark. Mark, last question. How can our listeners stay up to date with either what you're doing or what's happening at Macy's. Yeah, you can always visit us on uh, Macy's.com, Bloomingdale's.com. Follow us on, uh, on Instagram on both of those, constantly adding new and engaging content. Fantastic. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Christopher. Thank you for listening to this episode of Retail Revolution. A very special thank you to everyone who has helped make this podcast possible. If you'd like to support the work we're doing, please visit our show page at retailrevolutionpodcast.com and click on the donate link. Our theme music was composed by Spencer Powell. Be well and stay tuned for our next episode.